This is a special Town Hall edition of Good Morning New Hampshire with Jack Heath, broadcasting live from the Bank of NH stage in downtown Concord. The focus is on New Hampshire and America's number one health issue, the state of mental health and addiction, right here at home. Presented by Granite Recovery Centers. Now, here's your host, Jack Heath. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the show. And uh, we have a better travel day than yesterday. CJ, bring me up a little bit. J-Dog's back in the ranch, and I'm delighted to be at the wonderful, beautiful Bank of New Hampshire stage, Capital Center for the Arts, in Carcat, the Capitol, as we look days away from the first actual votes of the presidential primary right here in New Hampshire. Because in New Hampshire, we vote, no disrespect to Iowa. All eyes of the nation pretty much are here. National candidates are here, former President Trump in the state, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. Joe Biden's not here, but that's another story for another day. Uh, But today we're keeping it non-political for a little bit. I had this novel concept, if you listen to my show on a regular basis, and that was... We hear about Biden and Trump almost daily in our news. You can't turn on the networks without Biden and Trump. Well, what about the number one health threat to more families of all ages, all walks of life, by far, mental health, anxiety, depression, suicide, addiction. It's something that we may not want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. You know, people know the color in the battle against breast cancer, and that's great. What's the color in the battle against mental health and addiction? How do we wake up more people with the eyes of the nation on New Hampshire? So I had this idea that we'd go three hours today live. Good morning, New Hampshire, the pulse of an HR network of news talk stations. Good morning, Portland, Maine, WTSN, AM and FM, WTPL 107.7 FM, Manchester, Concord, Lakes Region, the pulse of an H nationally and beyond. We need to talk about this. The media doesn't talk about it. You know, Eric Eckberg, Granite Recovery Center CEO, our presenting sponsor, is here. We have staff members from his outfit. We have people that are here as listeners, stakeholders who work in recovery. We have friends from the DEA that have come in from Washington with families, parents who've lost children to an opioid overdose, namely synthetic fentanyl, the poison. They had no idea that that's how they were going to lose a child. We need to talk about this. And why is it amazing? We do not talk about it. You know, Eric Eckberg, Granite Recovery Centers, if you're in the workplace and you say to a colleague after the weekend, hey, did you see the football games this weekend? Yeah, threw my back out shoveling snow. Oh, you got to put ice on that. you got to go see my guy. you got to do this or that. You go into work on a Monday saying, yeah, I feel depressed. I'm down. I'm angry. I'm just People walk the other way. We need to open up this door. We're going three hours today talking about uh, mental health and addiction and why it matters. We have some of the candidates running for governor, not to be political, but we need to raise the level. You know, too often if someone has a mental health episode in this state and in this country, what do they do? They may go to the local hospital, emergency room by themselves, or a loved one may bring them, and they'll sit there. The hospitals are not equipped for mental health. They don't have the experts there. People may sit there for days in an observation room. Is this, is this how we, as a society, is this what we do? Is this how we're going to take care of our loved ones? Could be your daughter. Could be you. Could be me. Could be, and Eric will talk about his story. Could be your, your nephew, your niece. We need to do better. We're losing too many lives and too many families are being ripped apart. And no disrespect to Big Pharma, where they spend billions of dollars on pills and vaccines and all these other things. How much is being spent? 
on mental health. Eric Eckberg, Granite uh, Recovery Centers, you have a great team. you got Mike here. You're the president and CEO. Tell us a little bit about you, what you do, and why this is a big day. Thanks, Jack. Um, so happy to be here. Uh, we started talking about this a couple of months ago, uh, and you're spot on. Uh, awareness, education, addiction, mental health, we've got to do better. Um, you know, we, we, I've been on your show a few times. We've talked about fentanyl. Um, 100,000 young people die every year. Uh, number one cause of death, uh, ages 18, 18 to 45. Uh, what, what can we do? What can we do better? It's awareness. It's education. Uh, overcoming the stigma. Uh, you talk about people in the workplace, they, they don't want to necessarily deal with that issue. Um, I will say we've done a better job, uh, mainly because it's affecting so many people. So many lives, so many families it's affected. Um, I can I speak firsthand. I, uh, I buried my older brother 15 years ago, accidental overdose. I'm in recovery myself. I changed careers 20 years ago. Um, I, I, you know, my life was a disaster. I needed to do something different, reached out for help, uh, got into treatment, and I haven't looked back. I said, what can I do uh, once I landed on my feet, got into this field, and uh, every day that's why I wake up. Uh, let's get people that need help into treatment. Granite Recovery Centers is the largest provider of uh, substance use disorder and mental health treatment in the state of New Hampshire. We have four locations, our largest one up in Effingham, New Hampshire, Green Mountain Treatment Center. I, I believe we have uh, upwards of 150 clients there today in treatment, engaged. All, all ages, all walks of life? Uh, well, all adults, 18 and older. Yeah, but um, I mean, all, you know, th th no one lane of life. Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, two locations, uh, southern part of the state in Derry, um, as well as in Salem. Um, we, we saw, one thing we saw recently, and I, I think the, the move we made was, uh, was, was phenomenal. We saw over the years that when we're treating substance use disorder, there, there was always some underlying other issue, some mental health component, a co-occurring, whether it's anxiety, depression, um, something else was going on that wasn't allowing that person to, to fully be themselves. So we saw saw this and we said, you know what, we've got some capacity at our location in Canterbury. It's called New Freedom Academy, Canterbury. Uh, we went to the state uh, and we got licensed to provide mental health uh, primary. Because too often they can go together. I've seen that in the military, uh, veterans coming back, soldiers banged up emotionally, not supposed to talk about it, so they self-medicate. And next thing you know, you get a double whammy. Right. And it, sometimes it's the chicken or the egg. Right. Which came first? Um, Canterbury, and as predicted, as we thought, uh, we've been running 85, 90% capacity occupancy since then. Eric, let me try something before we bring in Mike. We have a great, um, some folks here, stakeholders, families, experts, Russ Conti with NAMI, that we're going to hear from them and his team and their group, um, DEA. But did, just with the the uh, intimate audience we have here at the Bank of New Hampshire stage. I want to try something I saw years ago at Southern New Hampshire University, so our listeners won't see this. Maybe Morgan can capture this. If I just ask the people here, including us, just simple focus group question, how many people in your family um, have dealt with a heart attack of a loved one? That's a lot of hands. Okay, so we have cardiovascular. How many people stroke? It's kind of fewer. Um, cancer, quite a bit. 
How many people here could be a nephew, could be a niece, could be you, could be a spouse, could be a parent, have some degree in your sphere of family or friends, some degree of mental health, whether that's depression, anxiety, stress, addiction? Yeah, just, just about every hand. I saw that years ago at Southern New Hampshire University with John Broderick, the whole, everyone. Uh, Russ, you were there. So let's bring in Mike a little bit. Mike is one of your great people, your, your great quarterbacks. Mike, uh, introduce yourself. Go ahead, Eric. Well, this is Mike McCormick. He's our director of alumni. Um, you know, we bring people into treatment, um, and they stay with us 30, 60, 90 days, send them on their way. We try to get them a, a good plan, uh, but we, we realize we want to stay in contact with those folks, make sure they're okay, uh, continue outreach, and if people are struggling, we'll know about it. Uh, we want to make sure people are connected. Uh, Mike is our director of alumni, and that's what he does. He does it every day. He's making phone calls. He's setting up meetings. Uh, he's planning events. Uh, we want to keep these people on the right track, and it, it, it just it flourishes. They, Mike helps these people. They, in turn, help others. And we don't care if they went to Granite Recovery Centers or not. We just want people to get well and stay well. Um, Mike. Mike. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so I run our like our alumni aftercare program, and um, I get to do a lot of really cool things with them. Uh, we 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 have like an alumni meeting that we do um, every Friday night. I set up various events throughout the year, um, and they're really cool events. And usually they're like really big. Um, sometimes we see like over 150 people come to them, um, and and it, I think it's just so important to keep people um, connected to this recovery community in a way that. Uh, maybe we weren't doing like five, ten years ago. We hadn't really understood that the idea of the opposite of addiction is connection type deal. And uh, and putting together this alumni community has been such like a a great thing um, this past year. I, I stepped in about a year ago. Um, I'm I'm actually an alumni of Granite Recovery Centers myself, um, and like so I hold it kind of near and dear to my heart, of course. Um, but it, it's also just about the community. Uh, and like Eric had said, it's like we're not really concerned whether or not you went through Granite Recovery Centers or not. Any one of the events that I put on um, our alumni meeting is just like a recovery-based meeting. Anybody's welcome to that. Um, I think it's like really important to um, keep as many of us together, kind of like build this tribe of people. Because like, we've all heard that saying, it takes a village, right? Yeah, and Mike, while you're talking, I do a lot in the veterans community. I, I'm hearing a little bit of peer camaraderie. People can relate, right? Is that what I'm hearing a little bit on your alumni? And a little bit about your story personally. What brought you to this table? Because I sense now it's a purpose and a mission. Yeah, so um, it's all about camaraderie, having peers around you, like I said, kind of like a tribe. And uh, uh, I'm from Connecticut. Uh, I grew up down in Connecticut, and I started to struggle with addiction probably around like 15 or 16. Um, Both of my parents are both uh, addicts and alcoholics. I unfortunately lost my mother to um, an overdose about, uh, I was about four or five weeks sober. I was actually at Granite Recovery Centers when it happened. Um, I was in their sober living house for men. Um, and the one thing that I had at the time was like a, it was a gigantic community to take care of me. You know, not, maybe not so much take care of me, but they were there by my side when I needed it. And that's yeah. like, I didn't realize how imperative that was to me being successful later on down the road. Um, and, uh, and I've been with Granite Recovery Center since 2018. Um, and uh, I, I've been kind of on and off in the community. And then when I was asked to come back to this alumni thing, like I said, it was near and dear to my heart. It's exactly what well, I expected. My question to you, Mike, then, and Eric, but 2018, one of the goals today, 
while we're in the window of this presidential primary in, a, in the national media, they're probably saying, why isn't he talking about the debate that was canceled tomorrow night? But you know what? We'll get to that. We're talking about the most important issue affecting families. And, and from 2018 to today, we're into a new year, 2024, Mike, in this region, are we doing better? And in, in, in what are you seeing? Is the demand greater? And what do we need to do more of? Because I'm also, it's, we, we're going to rip, we need to take the, uh, the, peel the onion back on the problem, the depth and width, but we also have to look for solutions. Um, comparatively to 2018, um, the cold hard truth is that it's just gotten worse. Um, and it continues to get worse every day. Um, we see people by the thousands drop into addiction, and, and whether that's overdoses or they need treatment. And, and the things that I think we need to do is just to, to make it more of open availability, kind of continue to beat that stigma to the ground that it's not okay, um, and that we need to like, learn to love people better in this sense of, like, we'll meet you where you're at. Okay, we're going to do something spontaneous. So the people who just came to listen or contribute, we don't want to ignore you. So Morgan is in the front row. Um, I have some paper, Morgan. If they want to just write down a question or two um, or some, a couple, we're going to be here three hours, want to come up and ask a question of our experts. Mike's going to come back. Um, Eric's here. We're going to bring in some of the folks that are actually running for governor. Not to talk politics, folks. I don't care what your politics are. This should go beyond that. But how do we raise awareness? Um, you're going to hear from Senator Jean Shaheen a little bit later on, the senior Democrat of the delegate. I've known her for a long time. She cares about this. But, you know, I, I'm just listening to Mike and, and what I don't understand why I tried to look up numbers last night and this week on how many young people, Erica Wurtut, are dying from addiction or a drug overdose. Do you know, I don't see this from, I don't see this from the national media, Number one cause of death of people under 40 in America. It's not car accidents. It's not a stroke. It's a drug overdose. What? What? Where's that like up here on World News tonight? And um, families, uh, you heard about the addiction, but mental health, suicide. We need to do more. We're going to try and do some positive today. This is just a starting point. We're going to take a quick break. Good morning, New Hampshire. The Pulse and H. Jack Heath. We're live at the Bank of New Hampshire Stage, Capital Center for the Arts in Concord. We'll be right back on the state of addiction and mental health right after this. You're listening to a special edition of Good Morning, New Hampshire, live from the Bank of NH Stage in downtown Concord. Welcome back. Jack Heath here. The state of mental health and what is mental health? What's the color of the battle against mental health? What I mean is we know the color pink when it comes to battling breast cancer. I lost a sister-in-law to breast cancer. We've probably all lost someone to cancer. That's great, but what's the color? What's the, what's the motto? What's the line for the battle of mental health and addiction? Um, the other thing is only this program, I hate to sound uh, boastful for a moment, is going to get former U.S. Senator Kelly Ayotte in the same, same segment at the end with U.S. Senator Gene Shaheen, Republican Democrat. Another novel concept in America, maybe coming together a little bit. But Eric Eckberg, delighted that uh, Kelly, as a gubernatorial candidate, one of the folks running, we also have former Senate President and U.S. Senate candidate Chuck Morse coming on in a bit um, before Senator Shaheen. But I wanted to hear from those running for statewide office. You just heard from Mike, who works with Granite Recovery. It's, it's getting worse since 2018. More people needing mental health help here in New Hampshire, Maine, our region, the country, addictions going up. 
how, why don't we, how do we remove the stigmas? And if you are elected governor, what do we need to do differently or better in this state so that people don't have to go to an emergency room, hospital emergency room for a mental health episode that doesn't have a clinician or a therapist on staff? Um, Jack, I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned this as a bipartisan issue. This impacts every single family. And when I had the privilege of serving in the U.S. Senate, I worked on a legislation called the Mental Health First Aid Act. And that was very bipartisan. It was really about getting in and training people to recognize the early signs and trying to eliminate the stigma. And so what do we need to do? I think there's, we have a shortage of uh, really clinicians and providers in the state. And one of the things that has been done is there's been this reciprocity that's now being implemented so that we can hopefully broaden uh, access to clinicians. But I've heard from so many families that are having a hard time finding someone to, to, uh, to treat them or care for someone that they love. And we all know someone who's struggling uh, with mental illness. And if you think about it, this is something that um, during COVID got worse. You're wondering why the numbers are worse? All the isolation and people feeling separated. And so, of course, we have not only um, the challenges right now with substance use disorders, but also those who felt isolated and perhaps self-medicated in that period. We also don't have enough uh, bed capacity in this state. And so I really appreciate what you know, Granite Recovery is doing uh, because we need more access uh, to places where people can go. And, and sometimes it needs acute care. Sometimes it's outpatient. We have to have that flexibility within our system. Eric, a question for Kelly yeah, and for I, a thought. I, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up capacity and staffing. Um, and the number of beds. Uh, we've had a pretty good relationship with the governor's office over the last year. Uh, we recognized a while ago we don't have enough detox beds in the state of New Hampshire, particularly for Medicaid uh, uh, population. So we were able to, we got licensed, we just brought on a new service, 12 beds. We're trying to open up in, the, in Derry right now at the Granite House. Um, you know what's holding us back? Staffing. I understand that because that's sort of what I'm hearing out there. And uh, uh, not enough people going into, yeah. Specifically uh, nursing. Yes, uh, nursing, and so that's why we obviously have tried to expand opportunities for nursing in our, our community colleges and, and also even at the state level. I think we need to look at things like um, perhaps some loan forgiveness and ways in, in the mental health area in ways where we have big gaps because if you're willing to work in this area and you know give back your time then we need to make partnerships with you so that we can expand the staffing in this state because this is critical this is about all of our health this is about uh, our quality of life here in new hampshire you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do something i guess innovative i guess it's my show um and this is something we don't see enough of the national media and i think you're okay with this and I think our guest calling in because you you had a good working relationship in the U.S. Senate something I think we need more of I'm going to bring in uh, U.S. Senator Gene Shaheen live for our town hall here at the Bank of New Hampshire stage uh, in Concord former U.S. Senator Kelly Kelly Ayotte here as a gubernatorial candidate senator but I thought it'd be interesting to hear from you I know you've worked a lot in this area Senator Ayotte just mentioned some legislation when she was in the Senate uh, Senator, this whole show is focusing on families being ripped apart, individuals dealing with depression, anxiety, mental health, suicide, addiction, synthetic fentanyl. It's the number one health issue, and yet we don't seem to address it at a national level enough. Senator Shaheen, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Jack, and thank you for the focus that you're providing to both mental health and substance misuse, not just today, but 
over your tenure on the radio. And good morning, Kelly. Kelly, morning, as um, I'm sh- sure sh- you would say, we work very closely on this issue because this is not a Republican or Democratic issue. This is an issue that faces families in New Hampshire and across this country. I and, couldn't agree more. Um, you know, you talked about nurses. We don't have enough nurses. One of the things that we've tried to do in the last couple of years is to provide congressionally directed spending to uh, programs at St. Anselm's, at Colby Sawyer, at Plymouth State, um, as well as the community colleges to try and expand nursing programs and get nurses credentialed um, faster with um, more hands-on experience. So I do think we've got to look at a whole range of things and, you know, One of the the things that, as we talk about the lack of mental health professionals, one of the areas that we really need to focus on is in schools. Uh, I had the opportunity to be down at Dover High about a year and a half ago with NAMI. Um, They were there as well. And one of the things that I learned was that the students at Dover High got very concerned about the number of suicides and suicide attempts among students. And they went to the administration and to their families, and they said, we want you to do something about this. And they set up a program to address it. And we need that kind of activism across the board, from young people, from um, parents, from school officials, from community leaders, so that we can all work together to address what is really a crisis in this country. Senator Kelly? Uh, You know, I I think that is so important, and this is an issue – obviously where we need to be working from the federal state local level and all be on the same page but it does start um, with awareness in our schools and reaching out and and eliminating the stigma right if we're all if we're all willing to admit that this is a problem that we either face ourselves or someone in our family is struggling with and then work together on this uh, hopefully we can continue to get help for people who are struggling. Well, let me ask both of you, and Eric Eckberg, uh, CEO and president of Grand Recovery Centers in the middle here, Senator Shaheen, Kelly Ayotte. Uh, this is my observation. I lost my dad at a young age. And way back then, if someone in your family got cancer, you were on an island by yourself because no one talked about it. Today, someone in your, your, love, your life gets cancer, you got the community behind you, there are road races, there are support groups, they, they encourage you in your battle, we've made strides in fighting cancer, which is great. Mental health, where's the cheerleading community around it? it you know, if someone says, I have, I have mental health, I have depression, people, they just kind of are, what, what, where's that mindset to kind of walk the other way versus saying, okay, let's talk about it, let's, 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 it's okay, it's okay. Where's that attitude? Well, that's why the work of NAMI is so important. You know, I remember way back when I was in the state Senate, I worked with NAMI to get um, health insurance coverage for mental illness. Um, Because, as you point out, for years, we didn't acknowledge that that was biologically based in people, that just like heart disease or diabetes, um, mental illness has a biological component. And we need to make sure that people who... um, have mental illness can get access to health insurance just as if they had um, diabetes or any other chronic illness. So it's really important and eliminating the stigma is critical. As Kelly said, making sure that people know that they can talk about it, that they're 
that can go, that there are resources to provide help is really important. One of the things that we did in Congress um, a year and a half ago was to pass um, legislation that included significant funding to support youth mental health and school safety um, as part of um, addressing gun violence. And so there is funding out there. There are grants available. We need to make sure that people know how to get that kind of help and um, one of the things that, again, really struck me when I was at Dover High was listening to the students talk about how they are trained to let people know when they see something where to get help. So they don't try and intervene, but they do try and provide a resource to let people know where to go to get help. Senator Sheen, thanks for checking in on the, uh, our town hall um, from Washington. Senator Jean Shaheen, thank you. Thank you all, and and thank you to everybody who's listening for what you're doing to help address this issue. Um, This is something that we all need to work together on. Thank you. Kelly Ayotte, Eric Eckberg, before we go to break, I just want to kind of, young people, I heard you talk about it. Um, Mike, on your staff, talked about it. Senator, young people, they're they're our future. I, I think more young kids are quietly dealing with this. Well, and Jack, this um, suicide. Suicide is a, is a very big issue with young people and also our veterans, as you know. Yeah. And uh, they're dealing with this, dealing this quietly. That's why it's so important to get in our schools, um, you know, to have this mental health first aid where you know, you know you can help someone who's struggling, your friend, where do I go, what do I do, understand it's okay, um, that this is something that so many people, um, you know, struggle with, that this is illness and we need to get you help. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed right. of because, as you know, many of our veterans struggle oh, in this many. way. Eric. Yeah. Um, we, we, we've got to reach out to these young people, right? Uh, we, we talk about it all the time, Jack. Um, the isolation. Mike mentioned, you know, recovery is about connection. Well, the opposite isolation leads to all these, these bad outcomes. Um, we're in a, a society, culture. Everybody's attached to their iPhone. I don't know. When I grew up, we didn't have iPhones, so we, we had to talk a little bit more. Um, and I, I would say to parents, to teachers, to anybody that's in front of our young people, you've you got to be kicking and screaming when you see something wrong or you see somebody isolating or they're falling through the cracks. We've got to get them help, or we've got to at least let them know that there is help. Yeah. Um, we can do better. We're going to take a quick break. Our live ment- uh, town hall, mental health and addiction Bank of New Hampshire stage, Capital Center for the Arts Concord, J-Dogs back in the studios. We're here live, back in a moment on the number one health issue affecting more families than anything else combined. Back in a moment. And now, back to our special town hall edition of Good Morning New Hampshire, live from the Bank of NH stage in downtown Concord. Are we back? I think we are. We are, you, get, you get talking on the side here. Um, Eric Eckberg, Grant Recovery Centers, Jack Heath, our live town hall this morning. And again, if you're just joining us, we're live in local Bank of New Hampshire Stage Concord Capital Center for the Arts. What a beautiful facility. They have a lot of great shows and entertainment here. We've got a great studio audience on our network of news talk stations, the Pulse of an Age. Mental health, how do you define it? How about depression? How about anxiety? How about stress? How about fatigue? How about feeling down, just feeling isolated? All these things that so many people can rate. What's addiction? 
addiction is so prevalent. It's, I can't even get numbers on how many people battle addiction in our region, in our country. Synthetic fentanyl, talk about a poison, ripping families apart. Number one health issue, with the eyes of the nation on New Hampshire a few days away, the first real votes in the presidential primary process, all the national media's here, candidates are here, and, uh, of course, it's the race for the next president. What, why don't we talk more about this? More, about, more families are affected by what I just described than any other health concern. Eric Eckberg, we have another person who's been Senate president. He's running for the U.S. Senate, but he's running for governor, Chuck Morse. And your team, someone knows you well, said this is a passionate area. You have a lot of thoughts on this. You've helped lead the state in many ways. You're looking to run to be governor. This isn't a political event. We're trying to talk about what are we doing right, what are we doing wrong, why are people with a mental health episode going to a hospital and, and sitting in an emergency room for hours with no one on staff to, there to help them? Because there's no therapist there. We have a shortage of health care workers and mental health. There's stigmas attached. Eric, I'm going to let you uh, start with uh, Chuck Morse. Uh, great. Thanks for being here. Senator Morse, um, wish you well in your upcoming campaign. Yeah, and, and Jack said it a few times. How do we keep this on the front page? How do we keep it uh, out there? And so, you know, we seem to talk about it here and there. It will, it will get the, no, the news about uh, overdose deaths and everybody kicks and screams. But how do we talk about continued treatment, getting more people the help they need? Well, I guess I'll be the positive person on this stage because uh, I think you're doing it. I think the state of New Hampshire has made great strides. Um, in making mental health awareness. Um, Chief Justice Broderick going on stage in all the school systems. Um, I, I joined him in a few. That, that works, and we need to talk about it. And, and like I've said every time I've been out there, you know, I had a dad that suffered from depression because he was deaf. And, you know, it's a different way of looking at things, but I've understood this my whole life, and I really, as Senate President, thought we had to get heavily involved and, and start to solve these. What we've done by trying to solve it and get people talking about it, um, the public's coming for our help, and we need to be there to help them, and that's where I think you come in and, and many others. Senator, what, um, you know, New Hampshire has made strides, but we have, Mike's going to be back with us in a little bit, but he's one of the folks with Grand Recovery Centers. Since 2018, I asked him on addiction to mental health, getting worse or better, he goes, oh, it's worse, it's a crisis. We have thousands of people. Um, they treat hundreds of people a month falling into addiction. So we know it's a prevalent problem. How do we increase help? Well, I think, I think we have started to do that in a major way in New Hampshire, but we have to attack this, Jack, in all different ways because this, this talks about homelessness and crime and drug use and alcohol use. Um, this is a big picture thing where doing this awareness that you're doing today um, people will come to the legislature and say this is the best way to do this. Obviously, we realized in the legislature when we created mobile health, um, you know, the teams to go out in the public and, and deal with people before they got to the hospital, it's because the governor and I were going to hospitals and seeing people lined up in the hallways. It's not going to work to do right. that. Right. So, I remember there was a story of a, a young guy, relatively young, in North Conway area. I think it was 14 days. Yep. Yep. He was in that hospital because they were trying to find a place for him to go that was appropriate. Eric, how do we – you work with adults, right, at Grand Recovery. How do we reach younger people? Uh, 
Great question. I, is I it think, the parents? I think it starts at home. If there are parents, I mean, let, let, there's a lot of broken families out there, and we, we know statistically speaking they're, they're not in a better spot as a result. Um, but, yeah, it, it's awareness. It's confrontation. It's, uh, it, it's, it's getting the voice out there. I think one of the things, and, you know, Mike alluded to since 2018, and from his perspective, it, we've seen this massive increase. I mean, let's not forget COVID and the lockdowns and coming out of that, yeah. what that created. And That's I, why I was so railing against the uh, stay-at-home remote learning too long after we knew it was okay to go back in the water, as they say, and the kids were home. And the, you could just, I could just feel it happening. I have a, one of my kids, I'm proud to say it, as a teacher, and she said, Dad, these kids, they need to be in person with their educator. This Zoom thing doesn't work. They're going crazy. They're, they're, they're being set back a year or two, and no one in Washington was talking about it. Agreed. And I, I think not only substance abuse disorders were, were massively created as a result, but anxiety. You know, well, the, can, I, can I share this one with you, Eric, and sure. Chuck Morse? Uh, we have John Delana here. You'll find out who he is in a moment. He's with the DEA. He's from New Hampshire, but he's one of the national administrators, and he's brought – we're going to have a parent on in about 20 minutes. The way I understand it, uh, Navy fighter pilot, other sons in the Navy – just on paper, one of those perfect families, blessed. Uh, Zach was their kid, young, athletic, no signs of addiction during the COVID stuff. Got bored, couldn't be at school with his friends. They went online and did what every kid and all of us should not do. They ordered something, some pills. They didn't know what was in it, synthetic fentanyl. The parents found Zach dead in his bedroom. I don't think that was the plan, you know. That wasn't the plan. How does that family put that together? They're not alone. Yeah, Jack, and I, th I think you'll hear from DEA people because we've been out talking to them. They, the amount of drugs coming into New Hampshire is a lot larger than you think, and, and that is the major problem. But I, you're just touching on one thing that I found when I was in the Senate. Um, this could be rich, poor, the, the head of the football team, you know, the best-looking guy there. Um, they, there's every family's dealing with it. That's a good so point. So we need to keep talking about that because yeah. – um, doesn't matter how big your house is, doesn't matter what school you go to, doesn't matter how much food's in the fridge, it's, it's across the board. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and we know one group we haven't even talked about is seniors. We're an aging state. A lot of people live alone and battle with this, and uh, too many veterans get isolated. So, again, a lot of it is just connecting and letting people know, and that's always the challenge in veteran care, letting them know because they're not real good at looking for help. Yeah. That I got to tell you, Jackie, you know, we've touched on a couple of times today, whether, whether we go to seniors or we go to young people, when the Chief Justice was going out and talking to the, in the schools, the one thing we have to keep in mind, because Eric brought it up, if we take the families out of the picture of this discussion, um, we're going to fail. I really think if we're going into the school systems, we need to bring the families in with it and, and solve the problem with the whole problem that we are up against right now. Um, and I'd be cautious on that because I hear things like that, and I really do want to do what Chief Justice did. Yeah. Let's go out and talk about it. Let's, make, let's find that color that's going to work that people understand, and they'll, they don't mind talking about it. You know, I think I, I, obviously mental health is not new, but this severity of addiction seems to be a relatively mod. I'm not saying people didn't have addiction to alcohol and things, but there's more things to be addicted to. Um, and I just think it's getting worse. And I do worry about the number of young people. If you took 100 kids in a middle school and honestly tried to dissect how many of them are dealing with something we're talking about, I, I'm not, John Broderick would know, you might know. 
I got to tell you, it's probably over 70%. Yeah. That's scary because they have a whole life to live, right? Yeah. And if they don't get to the bottom of it. Well, that's why we're here, right? I, yeah. I think the fact that when they go and they ask kids if they've had drugs or they've had alcohol, I mean, they're getting younger and younger when we hear about this. I think the bigger problem in this country, it's not just New Hampshire, the drugs are pouring in. The opportunities are there. Um, we, yeah. have a, we have another problem we have to solve. I so. know. You know. That's the other thing that no one wants to talk about. I think. You and I probably would agree more than not on ways we could probably do better there. Eric, we're going to – J-Dog, you're back on the boards, and I'm sorry, buddy, but I'm, I'm here live, so I need to know, do we need one more break before the top of the hour? Or Okay, so let's, let's do this. Gonna, you're welcome to stay, Senator, and talk with folks. And, um, Eric, maybe a thought before we go to the break. Uh, we're going to be hearing from NAMI. Um, and the DEA uh, in our next hour and some of these families that are dealing with these the, the tragic challenges. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Uh, I think what, what terrifies me, quite frankly, uh, Senator Morse talking about the drugs coming in, and we've all heard about the fentanyl. How many of these young people don't know they took fentanyl? Oh. It, it's, uh, you know, they think they're smoking marijuana, might have a little cocaine. Lo and behold, we have people that come to our treatment centers uh, and we do a urine analysis. Uh, about, I, I think the number's around 30% test positive for fentanyl. And they, and they might not have even known we, it? We go back to them and we let them know what we found in their system. About half of them didn't know. Wow. Think uh, about it, that. It only takes I, that small speck of this Yeah, uh, and, and, this, this and it's, in, it's in your system. And, John, the wine will be here. The cartel is mixing it into behavioral medications like Adderall for kids. And, they, and, you know, they, it looks like the real thing. So, hey, listen, we need to sneak in a quick break. We're going to hear from our friends at NAMI, the DEA, and a whole lot more. Number one health issue. We're going to try and continue all this. We have great partners coming up. Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield trying to get insurance earlier in the process for mental health because a lot of times the parents, they're like, oh, that's not covered. How do I get my kid the help? We're going to hear from our friends at Riverbend, some of our community mental health partners. Granite Recovery Centers, good morning, Hampshire, the Pulse of an H. Back in a moment. You're listening to a special edition of Good Morning New Hampshire, live from the Bank of NH stage in downtown Concord. All right, uh, we are back, our town hall. And, you know, <laughs> we're just going to tee this one up for the next hour, if you're listening on our network or the streaming thousands of you around the country. Mental health, addiction, too often they go hand in hand. You know, I don't know about you. But I think we can all agree on one thing. There's a lot of crap on television these days. I don't know about you. I tend to like, you know, documentaries, a Bruins game, some football is great, 20 million people watch it, but half the crap on TV. I got to tell you, just as someone who's in the communications business, these two folks here should be on national TV to wake up America. I've known this person, former major of the New Hampshire State Police, more than 30 years in law enforcement. So concerned about public safety officials dealing with mental health. He's now working for the state right in that lane. He also is a big player with NAMI. We're going to hear from their folks in a butt. And to his left, John Delina is his associate administrator. What does that mean? Like right up there in the top of all the DEA in the country, lives in New Hampshire. He's been doing this for years, talking about trying to reach young people on the poisons of fentanyl and these other drugs one pill can kill what this guy on the left can tell you and our listeners i could sit there all day long john Dwayne and russ conti thank you so much both for being here and i wanted you to kind of tee up the next hour on addiction and 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 trying to reach young people thanks so much for your service and john 
Thanks for having me, Jack uh, and Russ. I'm going to defer to you and let you go first. You're, you, Why, because he's time. older? Yeah, he's a lot older than me. He doesn't look a day off? Oh, go ahead. Thanks very much, Jack, and, and I think what you're doing here this morning is wonderful. And to see everybody here is just, it's just heartwarming to see everybody that's so committed you know, to what we're trying to do. And, and realistically, when we talk about mental health, we talk about codependence and addiction and all those things. It does touch everyone. There's, there isn't a family. All the hands go up because that is the realities of it. And it's also very complicated. It's very hard to talk about. It's very hard to deal with, and it's something that families have a real innate fear and they have to deal with that every day. So to have assets that bring people and put them in the right direction and, and to be part of public safety now being part of that solution, because for a long, long time, we, we didn't help ourselves well. We didn't help ourselves well, so invariably we couldn't help the people that were in crisis, and now we're changing the vernacular. We're changing the way the training is. We're changing the outlook, and we're looking at things completely different to partner with all these But you're getting calls at 1 or 2 in the morning from a brother or sister out there that needs help in law enforcement. Absolutely, yeah. which is wonderful yeah. because I can tell you now, being 38 years with the state police, that never happened. And we lost a lot of great people. We lost a lot of great careers. We lost a, tons of relationships and marriages and, and family, you know, family connections. That to be able to have that asset now yeah. and to be able to, to give help in real time. John Delena, just real quickly, a few minutes. Tee up the next hour. Um, you heard Eric Eckberg, Granite Recovery. When they do tests on people that come in, they didn't know 30% in their system was fentanyl. They thought they were taking, you know, smoking pot or something. They didn't know that that medication had fentanyl in it. Yeah. So, so what I want to do while I'm here is I want to give the ground truth about what the latest information with fentanyl is, what we're seeing across the country, but particularly here in New England and here in my home state of New Hampshire. New Hampshire has been on the forefront of this crisis since the very beginning. New Hampshire's done better with its response than anybody else in the country. That's one of the things I'm most proud of. And I have a dad that's calling in um, that, that tragically lost his son uh, to one pill, one use, one time. And, and I think you know the work that I'm seeing from parents like that after experiencing a drug poisoning in their family and the advocacy that they get out and do now in schools and in communities is more important than ever. The one thing about events like this, Jack, is the same people always show up and the same people always listen. But we need to figure out how to reach everybody else, the people that aren't listening. We lost 112,000 Americans to drug poisonings and drug overdose last year. So 112,000. 112,000. The numbers keep going up. I remember giving my first talks in New Hampshire going back to 2015, 2016, and I was talking about 65,000, 75,000 Americans. And I would ask the audience then, what would happen if that number doubled? I can tell you one thing. The cartels will never change the way they do business. They do it for greed. They do it to make money, and they're poisoning Americans every single day. We're losing 300 Americans every single day. And, John, these are multi-billion-dollar entities, right? M more money than, than any of us can And you've identified two, the DEA, publicly as the worst. Yeah, I'm calling them out again right now. Sinaloa Cartel and the Cartel New Generation, CJNG, uh, they, they, are, they are the ones that are manufacturing uh, fentanyl at, at epic rates using chemicals that they get from China, precursor chemicals. And right now, right now, fentanyl is the ultimate shapeshifter. They're putting fentanyl in every single, every single thing you can possibly imagine. We'll talk about more of that in the next I've hour. I've even heard candy. I mean, anything they can get into someone's bloodstream to get addicted. 
Their goal is to addict every single one of us. And why are they Everybody not a terrorist organization? You know, don't get me going on my morning show. But you, I, I got public policy. My definition, if I was president of the United States, what the cabinet would be ISIS, terrorist organization, Al-Qaeda. Okay, okay. Organized finance determined to kill the Western Americans. Cartels. Aren't, isn't their mission? Do you think their mission is to help America? Do you think they care how many people overdose? They're profiting off of the death and misery of Americans. And, again, you're going to hear from a dad wow. whose story Stay is Stay tuned. Incredible. You're here for this. John Delaney, Russ Conti, we're going to come back. The State of Mental Health and Addiction. Jack Heath, J-Dog, and the boards. We'll be back talking presidential politics tomorrow, CNN. I know you're texting me. I, yeah, we'll, we'll be on tomorrow. We'll be right here. We'll have today. Back in a moment.